social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's Monday. It is December 13th. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Boy, it's so productive when you don't have the Patriots. To worry about we went to pr landscape materials we got our christmas tree by the way they're open they they have really sold a lot of trees this season stop it and see them 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown it's pr landscape materials and gardens that have got a great tree there fantastic as a matter of fact folks i want to um again we have a lot to touch on something we're going to watch is uh, governor mckee certainly seems to be under increasing pressure to introduce a state mask mandate i think it would be a mistake uh indoor mask mandate I, I want to be very clear. Businesses should have the right. They It should be optional. If there is a store or a restaurant or a salon or wherever, if there's some business that said, you know, I want to have it that everyone that comes in, kind of like the the, the uh, stores that have no shoe, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service, that you need to be wearing shoes and a shirt in order to, to get served. I think it should be do not come in this store or restaurant unless you have a mask on. I, I have no problem with that in any way. However, business people are telling you this is going to be uh, death to them. It's going to be very destructive if, in fact, the governor brings in a mandatory statewide uh, indoor mask mandate. So pressure on, I believe, pressure on Governor McKee from the far left to, to do that. There are some states that are doing it. There are other states that are, that are not doing it. Um, so that's something to watch. Number Number two. Uh, listen, as I've been telling you folks on this program, uh, Providence has a gang problem. Providence, uh, the city of Providence has a gang problem. And, and even a little bit in Pawtucket, but primarily Providence has a gang problem. The problem is it is a mayor that doesn't want to acknowledge that it's a gang problem. I want you to think instead of a home or a business that has a, uh, a pest problem, right? Where you have to call pest control. Uh, maybe, you know, a large, let's just say, you, you know, you had a very large older building or home, you, you could have some problems, whether it's with termites, possibly cockroaches, whatever it may be. But if you're going to deny you a problem and you refuse to, or it could be a rodent problem, right? You won't set mouse traps or things like that. You, you're going to continue to have a problem. Providence has a gang problem. Providence has a gang problem and Providence has a mayor that doesn't want to acknowledge that his city has a gang problem. There was a shooting Saturday night. The media is hesitant to call it what it was. The person that was shot and killed, it's targeted. These are targeted. This person was targeted. He is associated with the Harriet Street gang. Uh, police then caught some of the Harriet Street gang members out, and they were looking to get retribution. So, but what does Mayor Lords like to call them? Groups of in people, groups of individuals. He won't call them gangs. I want to remind people, for, um, also, if you go to the website, Petro.com, I have what I believe is the working theory, I think makes the most sense of what happened to poor Maya Brophy Behrman, the 24-year-old girl from Warwick that was innocently, for no reason, uh, shot and killed, wrong place, wrong time. It, it was gang-related. Mayor Lorza doesn't want to acknowledge that. The city council people don't want to acknowledge that. Their argument, by the way, is they say, you know, it's very destructive for young people if you label them gang members. So they that's when part of the very progressive Providence City Council, you know, disabled the uh, city of Providence, their gang database. But you're not going to combat it if you don't at least acknowledge that you have a problem. And because that... Uh, they, they don't want that. They they don't want the image. Mayor Alorza said, ah, oh, my heart breaks for the victim. My heart breaks for the family. We need to get these guns off the street. He's not even being honest with the, with the, he's not even being honest with the general public. He's not even saying, listen, this is one of the consequences. If you run with a gang, this is one of what can happen. Um, he doesn't. Again, he treats it as though it's just an innocent life, as though, you know, this this individual. And I don't even know all the circumstances, but whenever there's gang trouble, 
There's, uh, you know, feuds that happen. There's beefs that happen. Sometimes they're over turf. Sometimes they're over drugs. All kinds of different things. Uh, one group shoots at one group. They try to retaliate. They shoot back. Uh, another group gets in. But by, but by him again, oh, my heart breaks. Now, there, there was an incident not long ago on Broad Street at that laundromat. Now, that was someone where there was a robbery. Someone saw this guy go in. He had a nice watch, came up from behind him, wanted his wallet, wanted his watch. Now, that was, a, you know, a, a, a fatal robbery. But this was a gang member. And again, listen, every life is precious. But there's a difference between what happened with Maya Brophy Bayerman, who was 24 years old, who had no gang affiliation, none of her friends did. If you checked to Petro.com, it would certainly seem to me it was a case of mistaken identity where the person that was with her resembled, resembled possibly someone in a gang. Um, but the, but something needs to be done. The mayor just w w won't address it. But it, it hurts, they say it hurts the businesses. His activist attitude his progressive policies are destroying the city because people don't go into providence because they don't feel safe people see and hear about the the murder that took place saturday night and they think boy that that could have been me now it also happened over near providence college happened over near pc and pc even had to put out a statement uh is this possible that it could have been a pc student no no, I, unless they, you know, the, the PC student, you know, when a PC student was there like buying drugs from the people or somehow was with the people or resembled someone. Listen, whenever you have violence and gang activity enter different areas, who knows what can happen? Could have been a student walking down the street and comes, you know, just arrives there at the wrong time. Uh, but, but these are targeted violent acts, but you have a mayor that won't address it. And unfortunately and sadly, the problem seems to be getting worse, not better. Uh, the, the, the situation is not going to reverse itself until they get someone who's in charge, who's a grown-up, who's an adult, who will identify what the problem is and then say, we need to figure out this. What Providence really needs are, in Pawtucket probably for that matter, but certainly Providence are gang task force. They do. People dedicated to that. Who are these individuals? Where are they? Who's out? what started this who are the people behind it where's the money coming from where do they hang out they they need to if if providence could eliminate as they now have 23 murders this year if they could eliminate the gang problem it becomes a completely different city listen all cities have violence all cities big cities like that have crime it doesn't have to be to that degree but as long as you have someone like a mayor Lorza who will not acknowledge that his city has a gang problem, who won't allow the police to use all their tools to combat the problem, who continues to be in denial and pretend that it's not a problem. As long as you have that, one thing I know is you're not going to solve the problem, right? If, you, if you're not looking to address the problem, you're certainly not going to solve the problem. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401 521 0200 401-521-0200 henry oil serving most rhode island and southeastern mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil it's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers where Rhode Island gets engaged.
Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. Energy-efficient, quiet, and more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none. Call JKL Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. Licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Cass. Justin, I'd like to start off and get your thoughts on this uh, piece that appears in the Providence Journal. Uh, it's kind of like a help wanted, and it basically seems to just go into the area that right now we are less than a year away from it, it'll be the elections next November in the uh, Republican Party seemingly only has one candidate, I believe, for uh, attorney general. I, I have heard of some people that are kind of kicking the tires on lieutenant governor, but um, just w- one candidate for attorney general, uh, Chaz Kalenda, who will challenge Peter Narona, uh, but no one for governor, no one for secretary of state uh, so far. I am hearing someone's going to run for general treasurer, but just get your thoughts on uh, on this piece. Well, I uh, one thing to say, I do think that Chairwoman Susianke did make a reasonable point that right now the the Democrats are all starting to beat each other up in their primary, uh, so there's not necessarily a reason for any Republican governor candidates to jump in uh, and and draw attention to themselves. On the other hand, they unless there's somebody out there who has huge name recognition that nobody else has thought of who's about to pop into the race for the Republicans, they kind of need that time to build up name recognition. So being attacked by the Democrats might not be a, a harm, but a help. But I th- overall, I think a lot of it's what we've discussed frequently is this: there's just no, I mean, if I'm a private sector person out there, wants to do some good in the world and thinking of running for office, jumping in as a Republican to a statewide race in Rhode Island uh, it could really open you up to uh, attacks and, and uh, dismissiveness from the press and demands that who knows what national politics you might be asked to comment on as a secretary of state candidate in Rhode Island. So I think there's a lot of, of justified reluctance to, to run. Uh, and uh, of course, Going to pass on how important it is for the GOP to find people to fill the camp the ticket, um, but my for for me I I kind of I, I understand why nobody's coming forward and I I would actually kind of prefer to hear people looking into school committees, town councils, the general assembly, uh, and start just start way down at the the grassroots level like that. The one element about this that I, I think you all agree, but. I, What's unfortunate is there are certainly openings where if there was an established, credible uh, Republican candidate, if anything, just to, you know, there's plenty of things that one could issue statements and show they disagree with decisions that are being made, such as, you know, a lot of decisions that Governor McKee is making. Many of the the Democrats challenging him, they they don't necessarily want to offend special interests or or the progressives, but what, what's unfortunate is I think there's there's a real opportunity for someone to, you know, stand up and say, boy, I, I feel the complete opposite, and, and here's why, and, and I think that's wrong. I would do it this way, and here's why. Oh, well, yeah. <clears throat> there's, there's, it's, what, there's, there's a tremendous opportunity for that if you had the right person. There is, and I, but I think even the framing of this article, uh, and even actually uh, Blake Filippi, the minority leader in the House, released, I guess, part part of a poll he did um, 
in looking into races and it he found that a moderate quote socially moderate republican could win the, the governor's seat but i think that whole framing and that's that's the headline of the province journal article a moderate republican needed or something like that um that framing i think is part of the problem because uh, you know what does that even mean you know and if i'm if i'm told that only a moderate republican can win does that mean i i can't say i think mask mandates on children or, or, or vaccine mandates on children even more. I can't say that's wrong or is that not a moderate position to take? It's hard to tell because those things are all framed kind of by the needs of the politics of the day and not by any kind of real science or, or substantive political theory. So it's, it, I could, there's got to be a lot of confusion out there and, and concern that if I, if I come out and say I disagree with this policy that all the Democrats are supporting they'll say oh you're just like a trump aren't you you know it's it's very uh, wishy-washy and i think that's part of the problem is part of the blame i think falls on republicans and, and conservatives as well more broadly in allowing the left and the democrats to sort of frame things this way uh, i and I, I think that's a big problem i mean i know i saw on twitter kathy Gregg from the promise journal was promoting this article and dawson hodgson who used to be a senator uh for gop yeah, senator state senator and, yes and, yeah. and he, he was part of the lincoln project with gary sass yeah exactly and yeah. so he on and he, he responded to say something like i i was exactly fitting that profile and i got run out of the party or, or something to that effect but it you know i think it's just it, well you know you voted for same-sex marriage i mean you, you're not really maybe that's moderate but a lot of the people a lot of your republican base is not going to support that and you can't blame them it's not their fault and now and then joining the lincoln project as you say or at least supporting it and being vocally anti-trump all over the place you're insulting your the rest of your party it's not as if they just said oh you're too moderate get out of here you know you're sitting there in the house saying you people are stupid this guy's evil you know you're, you're, you're not going to get very far and I, I think that really captures the, the complications here yeah what i think also and again folks our segment is politics this week Justin, what I, I just think the party's lacking is a leader. And, and I don't mean, you know, a cheerwoman, which it has, but a leader. It doesn't have a leader. It doesn't have someone that speaks out on statewide issues, whether it's situation in North Kingstown or the mask mandate or the homeless uh, advocates up at the state house. If there was someone, you know, if you had a Republican governor, you know, they, they certainly could recruit to bring other people into the process uh, the last Republican to win statewide was Don Kachiri in 2006. It, it, it's a problem. Blake Filippi, you know, he, he's the House minority leader. He's really just preoccupied, as he should be, but with just state house things. He doesn't wade into local politics that may happen, whether it's Nicole Solis in South Kingstown or other areas where there could be someone to speak out or even just uh, the, the ridiculous approach that Mayor Lords is taking in Providence that he's in denial that his city has a gang problem. So what, 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 is, uh, what is unfortunate is there, there was a time when you had, you know, Governor Kachiri was the governor. You had Laffey as the very outspoken mayor of Cranston, and they would speak out on statewide things. And people would say, boy, those guys make sense. I agree with them. I want to support the team that they're on. Exactly. You don't have that right now. You don't have that. The only exactly. thing that they've been effective that I believe is like with the ethics commission, finally things like that, but not everything falls under the, the ethics commission. So I, I think it is a, a leadership vacuum at the top. And, and again, I, I'm not talking about someone that's running the party. I'm talking about someone who is elected holding office statewide, ideally and uh, in, in, in making comments like that. That said, Justin Katz, what do you make of this? Uh, what do we make of this story about Nelly Gobea and the voter rolls? Oh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure there were there were. It does indicate how much low hanging fruit there was uh, on the voter rolls to clean out, and I'm sure she's she's doing this in uh, in preparation not only to show, look, I've been doing a great job as Secretary of State, but uh, prepare people to to feel as if the voter rolls are completely clean. Um, uh, so I, 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 I think it's good that they're removing people who don't belong on the voter rolls, but I, you know, that's kind of just the very basics of what needs to be done and a little bit too much triumphalism about it could, could distract from other problems, like being able to, to make sure that the people who are on the voter list are actually the ones voting, for example, yes. uh, that, that would be really nice as well. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Great. You, you cleaned up, you know, 
the dead brush in the backyard, but I don't, I don't know that that, you know, really, that really hides the fact that your septic tank is leaking or something. You know, I, I so I, I, yeah, I, it almost doesn't feel like, well, I don't see any huge news in it. It's just kind of basics. Yeah. It's except it's a, it's an unknown. I mean, I think we, we don't know. Uh, that's one of those areas the Republican Party has chosen to stay away from, and I disagree with that. But I was very disappointed at the Channel 10 story. They're supposed to be the I-team. It was Katie Davis. You would think there'd be some investigative element. <clears throat> they talked to John Marion. John Marion just says this, this you know, boy, if you do that, uh, you know, that, that's a felony. You know, he doesn't mention that in the last 25 years, no one, not one person has been prosecuted for voter fraud. In the state of Rhode Island. I got that right from the Board of Elections. To me, that just means you're not looking for it. Uh, there was nothing about the unsolicited mail ballots. I think that's problematic. Uh, there's nothing that even compares us to the other states, how they're reforming things. And something that the Channel 10 piece was really lacking was the fact that our uh, voter rolls don't match with the census. The census has us at 545,000 was the latest for, for uh, people, registered voters. Yet somehow, the state of Rhode Island, we, we were at like 789,000. But what I found um, disappointing was that there seems to be a lot of we have to take their word for it because so much of it is, let's face it, it's hidden. It's not public. You can't go and look at it. Uh, there's no one even challenging her on this, which I find troubling. I um I think a lot of this, Justin, is uh, it's it's almost like the honor system, and and I just don't think it should be. Well, yeah, I mean I, that's exactly it. Is we ha- we have to take the government's word for it, which means it's very easy to say, hey, look, we just took one hundred eighty-three thousand people off there. Okay, but what's that relate to fraud? I mean, how many others are there that you didn't bother to look into, and and that sort of thing? And I I think that that's a real problem. It's it's almost like a a distraction from from what we really need to be cleaning up, which is access to, to being able to vote. Uh, And, and that's, and who can register and how they register. I mean, these are things I know Monique Chardier has done some good stuff uh, on anchorizing over the years, looking into how do you get a voter list? What's the code? I I believe it was, this is from memory, but I I believe the code is six, 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 actually, when you, when they, when somebody comes and they don't really have much, uh, identification uh, and they get on the voter list anyway so that's the kind of those ought to be the stories and not you know some fluffy thing we, we did our job and, and took some dead people off of the list yeah folks n- quick break quick break a lot more politics this week with justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com right here on the john DePietro show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252 3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus it's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. To check out our website, depetro.com. Depetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Comfort food and cocktails. Located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence, Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards. The Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, uh, as we speak, 
there are certainly um, forces that are, want to pressure Governor McKee to go with the statewide indoor mask mandate. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. The, the, yes, the hospital numbers are creeping up. But this time of year, by the way, the hospital numbers always creep up because of uh, seasonal flu and so forth. But uh, I, I think this is a real dividing line because the small businesses I talk to, restaurants, others, they, they just they're not going to be able to handle it. They, people don't like it. Um, people will say if it's a store, forget it. I'll shop online. If it's they go to a restaurant, they don't like to be the mask police saying, excuse me, you went to the men's room, you got to put your mask on. Um, gyms, I, I, I mean, it, for a state that supposedly we're number one and 95 percent of the state is vaccinated. I don't understand why the governor, but he, he certainly sounds like he's on the verge of folding to us. It sounds that way to a statewide indoor mask mandate. Yeah, yeah, I I think so, and I, but and I think that would be a big mistake. And I think that's a lot of it's the squeaky real issue because if you if you look out there in news media, uh, especially online, a lot of these social media, particularly accounts of journalists and and stuff, folks like that, there's there's a hysteria. I mean, you are you are literally killing their family members if if you ref, if you don't think people should be forced to mask everywhere uh and so in the face of that i mean the governor's got a choice you've got a, a some unknowably big side group of people who are, who are relatively quiet expecting it to happen anyway uh are they going to be more of a, a challenge to you as a political candidate than these kind of influential and hysterical uh, folks pushing the mask mandate. And I, I think that's the problem. And I think the the nature of the people who are pushing it is part of the problem. Not only are they journalists who who control a lot of information flow and not and not only about COVID, but if you're, uh, I mean, there's one journalist who he's been mentioning family health things, so I don't want to name him, but one local journalist who's, who's talking about his family members who get, uh, who've gotten COVID. And, and he's, he's definitely blaming the people who aren't uh, in aren't with the mask mandate uh, or wearing masks. So if you're the governor and, and this journalist is out there and you know he might not give you very good coverage of some unrelated policy issue because he just doesn't like you because he thinks you're killing his aunt. You know? yep. So I, I, I think that, that really creates a problem. And then they cite these studies and it goes up to the federal government with the CDC has a whole page advocating for masks, the effectiveness of masks. And it's not really how science works. If you go through it, all, each study has its own problems and it doesn't cite those. And then what concerns me is the effect on children. I mean, even the, even the studies showing that masks, that claim to show that masks don't affect children, actually show they do. There's one I wrote about on Anchor Rising uh, that they, they studied a handful of kids in Michigan and they found out that they can recognize emotions as well with masks on as they can with sh uh, sunglasses on. And what that means, actually, I mean, it sounds fine, but what that means is the masks cut their ability to recognize emotions in half. And that's just recognizing emotions, never mind whether they can learn effectively how to read and how to, how to understand things from the teacher. Uh, that to me, it, the evidence is that it does have a harmful effect. And we don't talk about that because we're hysterical about killing uh, aunts who catch it because masks are the things. And that's, that's unfortunate, but I think that's, that's where the governor's bending. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, manager again at anchorising.com. Justin, there also doesn't seem to be any accountability for, you know, you and I would follow it, but you had the liberal journalists that are online. And again, you and I see them on social media talk about the college campuses. And this goes back where they're saying, boy, if these kids don't want to wear a mask, they're going to hate the ventilator. Never happened. Uh, fall of 2020, August, September, all these teachers making out their wills, uh, the far loud progressive left. How many children have to die? But never happened. And what do you make of the fact that over the weekend, the McKee people put out that the Omicron variant, uh, variant excuse me, had arrived in Rhode Island, didn't, didn't kill anyone, didn't put anybody in the hospital, apparently was just detected, I think, in, in a test. Um, the, for, for, the, for the naysayers, the, the doomsday, there just doesn't seem to be any accountability with so much of what they were preaching, Justin Katz just did, did not, thank God, by the way, but did not pan out. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, it's kind of, you know, an ancient human trait, right? Just It's basically just hysteria and propaganda. The Omicron thing, the first identified uh, person in California in the United States, you know, that's not news. <laughs> that's, right. I mean, and that's just generating, it's, it's yellow journalism, you know, generating press to make hysteria and make people, I guess, buy a newspaper, but also uh, 
push social policy on a country. You know, I think this is still accurate. It was a day or two ago. So far, based from national and international health organizations like the World Health Organization and the CDC, not a single death has been attributed to this Omicron variant. Uh, from what I can tell, it's basically uh, it's basically a cold uh, that catches easily, but you get over it quickly. And it may, it may be just as helpful in immunity as, as getting the vaccine. So uh, th- we're not having these kind of balanced stories about that because there's this hysteria. And I think, uh, hopefully, I think what's happening is you're starting to really see it affect. It's not an immediate effect where somebody calls the progressives and the journalists on what they said last year. But over time, it's a cumulative hit on their credibility. I saw a poll the other day among among Republicans anyway, trust in the news media is down to like 10 or 11 percent. That means 89 or 90 percent of Republicans do not trust the news media. In the independence, it was something like 31 do not uh, 31 percent trust the the media. Uh, so that which means almost 70% do not. I think that's what they really ought to be watching out for is you're not going to get that instant feedback necessarily of people calling you on your story a year ago. But over time, they'll just discount you. They'll say, you know what, Omicron, whatever. Zeta, the Zeta variant, whatever. They lied to me about Omicron. I, I think that's what we're seeing. And that's, that presents a real a real problem for the mainstream news media. But hopefully, on the other hand, it presents some opportunity for people who try to be more honest about these things. Justin Katz said the Governor McKee press briefing on Thursday, all of a sudden, this woman appeared in the front of the room uh, speaking almost, some people can understand her, heavy Spanish accent. Apparently, she's a state worker and a translator. Starts talking about, I need to taking over, crashing in. It was right in front of Governor McKee. Suddenly, state police a uh, female trooper that's always with the governor started to remove her. The governor said, no, no, let her talk. Uh, she was ranting and raving at one point, even wrestling on the floor with the, the state police. But what, what really stuck out was the governor quickly, who was very bewildered, uh, as soon as he identified that it was a Latina woman and she mentioned the word domestic violence, he decided, no, let her stay. And we don't believe that she was arrested. It was like, get her contact information. I'm sorry if that 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 is a double standard. If that were one of the frontline people that were removed from meetings, if that were whoever Trump's a business owner complaining about the mask mandate, I I believe they would have been arrested and removed. I see it as it was a tremendous security breach that 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 was they're they're way too casual. That, That woman could have had a weapon, could have been someone going at the governor. But just the fact that that he even said, no, let's let's let her take over the press briefing and talk. Uh, I I, I would like to I'd like to I'm obviously anxious to hear your thoughts on it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think uh, I mean, I I have some sympathy to the predicament he's in, because if he removes her. Right. Then then he's going to be hearing about it from the press. Uh, And I think. I think the, the double standard comment is is dead on. I mean, the, the WPRI follow up with this woman would not oh. even name her. It yeah. would not even name her because she's a, she said she's a victim of domestic abuse. This has nothing to that, do with that. This is a no. woman who jumped in front of cameras and yeah. started shouting with the governor right there. It has nothing to do with her being a victim. If to the extent you know she's a victim, it's because she came out in public and told you. Right. Yet. Yet that gives her some some veil that she's allowed to hide behind in, from WPRI's perspective. That I I think that really goes to the as you say the double standard. If if they if they agree with the cause, you can do anything, which is going to be a problem for them as everybody with a cause on the left decides they get to get to disrupt the governor yes. or or jump into a, a closed room in front of the media. Uh, that that could become an issue for them over time. But I think I think you're exactly right. The the people who who respectfully, well, we talked about the, and you, you covered, you were there for the, the people who went to the frontline yeah, workers who went to the house. They, they got arrested. They had they police. Arrested. To me, it looked like the police actively provoked them into being, got them arrested. And the, the veteran who was arrested certainly did no more than this woman wrestling with the other well, with the state police officer. Worse. She was wrestling around with them. I yeah, can't believe it. She should have been so, arrested. Yes, but they but you can understand why right in front of the media, and that's part of the problem with the media not covering things. I mean, if they had, if you weren't there, pretty much there would have been no coverage of of oh. the frontline workers. And so I think that's you've got all these cameras there. The governor knows it; he's looking at them. And as as um, 
I think you noted on a, in a post, and immediately the, the questions went from what the governor was talking about before she came in to asking him about her. Yes. So, I mean, the, he's in a very tough political position right there. Uh, but the, I think that the double standard is very clear in it. I think it's up to the, the news media who want to affect these outcomes to make sure that, you, yeah, we need to you need to be a little bit more careful about who gets to do what and say things. And if there are rules, they've got to be consistent. And that goes right up to, you know, the, the contrast between Antifa and the January yes, 6th protesters. That's right. Folks, another quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401 272 were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident... Drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle. Call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired. 401 272 3340. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once in a lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One year interest free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, uh, just more follow-up. Governor McKee finally at his briefing when he was talking about the $3,000 that just to, you know, follow the the trail on this thing, um, the path of it, it started off that it leaked out. It was going to be a vaccination bonus. Uh, Then that was while he was away. Then his lieutenant governor said, yeah, you know, the governor believes more of a carrot instead of a stick. Then when he came home, he came back, excuse me, he was saying it was a stipend. Then Thursday, he was saying it was a misstep. But the bottom line is, for no apparent reason other than just to curry favor with them, these uh, union workers, uh, Council 94, I, I think it's a very dangerous precedent. But he is uh, now he's not even chasing the element of it's a vaccine bonus. Now it's he said it was a misstep, but they're still going to get the, the 3000 even though I'm glad some people are challenging that they, they really are not supposed to use the the COVID uh, APRA money for that. What, what are your thoughts on the latest now on the $3,000 bonus? Well, I, I think we're, mostly I see it as confirmation of, of our analyses in the past few weeks. It's just, yeah. you know, it was, it's just an excuse to give them COVID money. Yeah. Uh, and it, it looked really bad. It was extremely insulting to the rest of Rhode Island. And so at, at least like, he is honest enough to say it was a, a misstep. That's, that's a, a mild bit of refreshing candor rather than trying to cover it up somehow um, or just distract as Raimondo might have tried to do. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just confirmation that we were correct about the whole thing. You know, it's, it, it reminds me of, before I just move to the next thing, if, I, I don't know, if anyone that's ever watched The Sopranos or any of the organized crime things, let's just say you and I are two wise guys. When we pull a heist, part of, you know, the, the cash that we, you know, pull over wherever some kind of a robbery, you, you pay a tribute up, up the ladder. We, we, you're going to throw that to the boss. It kind of reminds me of that. When they got a big pool of the COVID money, you got to pay tribute. You know, you got to kick the money up. Like you got to spread the money around. How much of the, is that? It, it doesn't have to be all of it. Doesn't even have to be fifty percent. But you got to kick some of it 
up to uh, show respect. Now, Justin Katz, a big story uh, erupted last week. It has to do with what was one time a nice hotel, boutique, not boutique, but definitely a fashionable, different type of hotel in Warwick, right near the mall called the Nilo. And then we have found out that the uh, Crossroads Rhode Island has placed somewhere between 150, 200 homeless people in there. Uh, they, 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 I think they're spending $300 million, federal money now. And it's these homeless people. They're going to be there through, you know, March. Then it's, it's only through March because then the good weather comes. And the people in the neighborhood are very upset. And it's very contentious with the woman of Crossroads basically like uh, looking down her nose at the people in the neighborhood saying they need, they need to get used to what homeless people look like and we're going to divert you know make the neighborhood more diverse and the, the neighborhood people who i've interviewed several were were really thrown because it was almost seemed as if you know there, there was something wrong with them that they didn't want they have drug deals now in the neighborhood they have prostitution in the neighborhood they have they just walk around all day they smoke cigarettes out at night they go in and out of yards someone got their house broken into um i i'd like to hear your your thoughts on on that i i think it's very unfair to the people in this neighborhood it is and i i think the most unfair thing about it i mean that i i haven't dug into it enough to know whether that is a good place to be doing this particular kind of social work uh but the the complaint of a lot of the people around the neighborhood is that they weren't consulted there was nowhere right. for them to express their Correct. concerns Even the mayor no way didn't know about it That's yeah right. no way for them and i you know it's, it, what comes to my mind is you know welcome to socialism you know they yeah. for political reasons they've decided this is where they're going to put people That's and they're right. just going to do it and if you have a complaint you're a racist which i think is telling in the news stories i read the the people in the neighborhood are, who are complaining don't want to go on the record retaliation and that That's could right. be i suppose um you know i don't know if the reporters go up to their houses and knock on a door and they don't want their house on tv complaining about folks um or it could just be they'll be targeted by whoever the the journalists and activists who are saying you know it's just not in my backyardism um, to some extent that might be true but you know to do things competently and well and to kind of what man government's supposed to manage is this the needs of a community and so you get ask their concerns you give them assurances and then you you know if, if you've got the governor's people at say a public meeting and everybody in the neighborhood is saying i'm concerned about drug deals and the governor's guy says well we're gonna do or woman says we're gonna we're gonna do this to relieve your concern about drug deals in the backyard then at least you've got a statement you can hold them accountable for but when government just says yeah here's a hotel we're going to pay some money and have these people stay there that starts to cause a big problem and i think the, the biggest problem of all is people not feeling as if they're they're being heard i mean we hear a lot about you know silencing people's voices but that's what this is you you need you need to work with the public and that does make it difficult sometimes because you'll get a lot of people saying i don't want that in my backyard even if it's completely legitimate uh, but uh, and which this is more challenging than, say, the the, the color of a, a new mall that's being built or something like that. But uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, I think the definition of homeless is also changing because I did go down. And I did talk with several of them. And what I'm finding is it's not what people think when you first think think, think of homeless. I think of, you know, the, the natural one is someone has their home or apartment destroyed by fire. They literally have nowhere to go. Right. They, they don't have anything. Maybe they just have some things in their car, belongings. But this is different. The people I talk to, they like and prefer to sleep in tents outside when the weather is warm enough. This is really just to kind of hold them over to the winter. This is uh, the ones I talk to. This is not about finding per permanent housing. Uh, it's not about that. They don't they don't want to have an interest in a full time job. It's more just it's weather related because of the weather. This is why they need to be put up. And, and, and I think the fact that the, the homeless, quote, advocates, Justin, I, I think they need to adjust to that, that this is not all about look at these poor people and they, they don't even have their own home and apartment. There, there are many people, as you can see on the West Coast, they're now choosing to just they don't want the responsibility of a rent or a landlord and they want to be able to do what, what they want to do. Well, sure. And, and when you don't have to pay rent or a landlord, then you don't need much more, much money. <laughs> and right. so, so you, you can live and do almost nothing uh, if you're willing to live like that. And I think that that's, you know, that's a, a broader problem, but it goes exactly to 
to the issue of the gov of government just for political reasons, I think just shoving people where they can fit is when, they, okay, fine, we'll, we'll have to address that in a certain way. But that also gives you a lot of justification for saying things like, fine, if you want to, if that's your, if that's what you want to do, you can't be walking around a neighborhood, you know, where you are restricted to the premises. And that's, right. that's horrible. It starts to sound like a jail. Like, this is the lifestyle they want to lead. Then, then you're, you start to increase the, the ability of, of government and the people government's supposed to be representing to say, okay, we'll accommodate you, but, but we're going to put some rules here and restrictions. And I think it gets lost when you're talking about homelessness as if it's a, uh, an unfair imposition of capitalism on people. Finally, Justin, you, you have, uh, speaking of homeless, but you have the progressives led by that lieutenant governor candidate, candidate Senator uh, Cynthia Mendez, still sleeping out at the state house. What I noticed was one of the stories about her, I, you know, they take, go through her whole day. And here's where she goes to the bathroom and here's where she brushes her teeth and her teeth were chattering so much her jaw hurt. And then she wrestled there. I, I, I read in that the journalists that are covering her, they think it's fantastic. I don't see any change coming. Even when the governor and the speaker, and they announced more money to go to that, they all stormed out of there saying it's, it's, it's too late. No matter what you do now, you can't fix the problem. That's not someone who's legitimately, earnestly coming to the table trying to find problems. I, I see it as a political stunt. But the coverage, you cannot find negative coverage of the individuals that are camping out in front of the state house. At least I can't find any. Well, no, of course, it's, it's entirely performative. I mean, I, I saw a tweet from Matt Brown, uh, the gubernatorial candidate who's out there and talking about how we haven't been home in a week or something like that. And so I, I, you know, I looked up his home and he, he has, he lives a few blocks away in a 800, more than $800,000 house. Sure. And it, it occurs to me, if you really want to solve the, the homelessness problem, I mean, I'm not saying you should give up his house or anything, but spending your nights chattering your teeth in a tent on a state house property <laughs> is not the most no. effective thing to no. actually get something to do. All you're doing is he's drawing attention to the issue, which would be fine, except people already know it's a problem. It's sort of right. like the, the woman who, who invaded the press conference. Okay. Yes. Yet nobody is pro domestic violence. This issue does not need uh, attention drawn to it. We're not talking about say, I don't know, slaves in modern day China. You know, it's not, it's not an issue that people just don't know about. They, for political reasons, they do these performative things to draw attention mainly to themselves, but supposedly to an issue. And that gets people in government to try to solve the issue visibly. But the problem is the people in government are, one, incompetent, and two, even if they were incompetent, they don't know these are difficult problems. And so what they do is they do something performative, which forces you know, an, an issue on, on the problem. Uh, on a, forces a solution, which causes more problem, which I think was a, to go back to the woman who invaded the press conference, she mentioned that due to COVID, uh, domestic abuse is is up. That's what happens when you force a solution for performative reasons. Right. You force everybody to stay home, you lock them in, you That's get right. more domestic abuse, you get more drug addiction, you get more suicides, you destroy the economy. That's the issue when you do these performative things and force people to react to something that in a way they shouldn't be. So I think the Mendes and Brown should should probably go home and get a good night's sleep, take a nice hot shower, and then do some real work trying to solve problems, not necessarily getting people to do performative political acts. Folks, again, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It's Justin Getz. Justin, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Fall is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan & Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan & Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com they're helpful trustworthy reliable residential services from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 percent service one customer at a time service calls maintenance agreements call re coogan and heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie 401-732-6562 again look for them on facebook and then the website 
recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, RE Coogan and Heating, 401 732 6562. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Check out the website, depietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories videos content all our links to social media facebook twitter instagram youtube it's all right there and that's also the best way to reach me log on at the website depetro.com depetro.com brothers disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401 688 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once in a lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One year interest free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, depietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break. Log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a, a button that says Contact John. You can also support the program. You you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's dipetro.com to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence